Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Kelly is on the air. 77 WABC. No, not today. He may be on the E-train as I run into uh, Greg Kelly from time to time. Or even the Crosstown City bus. But he's not here in the studios. And in fact, so nice. We've done it twice. Greg Kelly has been replaced by two Sliwas. Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. I've been filling in uh, every gap in the schedule during this extended Thanksgiving Day holiday. And I'm joined also by my son, Anthony, who is an intern here at WABC, 17 years old. And he will be joining me later on at 4 o'clock when we do our first father-son podcast that you will be able to reach out to at WABCradio.com. That's right. The first ever father-son podcast And it's about a half hour, and he's already told me, hey, Dad, don't expect to be talking too much because, you know, this is my podcast. I'll do the intro. I'll ask the questions. You limit your responses to 30 to 60 seconds. That's like inhaling and exhaling for me. And then I'll do the final, the final presentation. You don't want to miss that. Also, uh, ever since uh, my return here at WABC, since my failed attempt to become mayor of the city of New York, I have decided that I am launching a re-education of the talk radio listeners who decide to heed the call to call in. What you must not do, or I'm going to have to cut you off at the pass, is ask, how you doing? How you doing, Curtis? How you think I'm doing? I've had better days. And then we got to go on and on. How's the wife? How's the kids? How was your turkey, your gravy, and your giblets yesterday? No, we ain't going there. And then please, almost like a tick, don't say to me, thank you for taking my call. We solicit your calls, as I'm doing right now, at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC. So why should be why should you be thanking me for taking your call when in fact I and other talk show hosts and hostesses here at WABC are constantly almost begging you, beseeching you to call up so we can engage in one on one talk radio where it's your turn to be heard. And I don't ever want to hear that uh, phrase. First time caller, long time listener, please. Really? You think you could be a little more creative? So now we've set the rules and regulations for an engagement today. We'll be going to the 3 o'clock hour. And then I believe it is uh, Michael Baticic, Rudy Giuliani, who will be on, although I don't know what the exact schedule is. This is a live and local program. So we're going to focus on not just the local New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area issues, the regional issues, the statewide issues, the national issues, and the international issues, but the issue that is dominating dominating the shortages and i want to ask you a simple question for everyone out there what is the most serious shortage that you're coming across is it the inability to find workers who will work a job the worker shortage 
Is it the product shortage? Many of you are out there today on Black Friday, and you're looking for certain products, hoping to get a deal, a steal in many instances. We'll talk about that later on, the smash-and-grab robberies out in Cali Cali. From Nordstrom's uh, in Los Angeles up to the San Francisco Bay Area. Those posses are on the move. And it's a loot out. You know, like, there's a, an aversion to call it looting. I got a new term for it. It's loot out. Riots with looting. And what they do is they steal these high-priced items, sometimes these limited edition items, in these very trendy stores. And within 24 hours, they turn it around, and they actually have websites that are called Just Looted. So for all those individuals who are saying, now, you can't call it looting, well, you better go to that website <laughs> that has actually, as its title, Just Looted, or there's Let's Go, or Craigslist, or Facebook Marketplace, or eBay. Because it's all about capitalism, turning around that product and selling it for self-aggrandizement and enrichment. So what is the more severe shortage problem? Is it the worker shortage problem? The product shortage problem? There is now a Santa Claus shortage problem. That's right. Volunteers of America don't have enough Santa Clauses to ring those bells, the uh, uh, Salvation Army, incessantly over and over and over outside of locations all near you. There is the Christmas tree shortage. I mean, you generally get jacked up when you go to buy a Christmas tree on the street. Most of them are coming in from Florida or Georgia or parts unknown. Now the price has skyrocketed. And maybe what will be the most important shortage of all that could cause loot outs, insurrection, disturbances. The supply chain has caused a crisis because there are now liquor shortages. That's right. So when you go to booze out, when you go to knock it back, it may not be Jameson. It may be a knockoff product. The brewskis that you're used to drinking, they may not have enough product. You may have to go drive for maybe three days in which you have enough moisture in your mouth not to spit. And you're going to have to go prohibition style because apparently the supply chain crisis now is that there are liquor shortages. Anyway, our number is one 9222 Yours truly, substituting Curtis Lewa here for Greg Kelly. 1-800-848-WABC. Giving me tactical air support in the studios at WABC is my son. That's right. Anthony, who is an intern here at WABC. Let's go to the phones, if we can, to Terry, who's on the line from Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Terry. Hi, Curtis. How are you? Curtis, I was calling regarding your call. Oh, hold on. Hold on a second. Uh, Put Terry down there a second, please. Terry. First off, you have to speak into the phone and not put your mouth like halfway on the phone and then you're pointing in the direction of somebody else because you want them to know that you're speaking to me on WABC radio. And although you didn't use the specific words how you are doing, you pretty much said the very same thing. So I'm going to give you a chance to amend that, Terry. Are you ready to go now? Yes, I am. All right, that's much better. It's clear. There's clarity. There's definition to your call. What's on your mind, Terry? Yeah, I was just disappointed with the call, with the um, guy, Chris Hahn, this morning, making up stories about the dossier. And it just... Um, and saying that they're part of law and order, which they're totally not. They know that they're losing, so now they're trying to make up 
and be fake about um, what they stand by. And I just was a little disappointed in a lot of the lies he was making up. That's all. But you were very respectful to him. Of course. And what you have to do, Terry, you have to do me a favor, because Chris Hahn uh, is part of the ever-growing family of talk show hosts and hostesses here at WABC. Uh, the, uh, the, what can I call it? The cattle call will expand exponentially here, in which you'll not only have conservative right-wingers, Trumpers, rhinos, independents, but you're going to have some Democrats, hardcore Joe Biden and... Uh, Harris supporters. So uh, you got to be listening in and report to me directly. Listen as much as you can to let me know what Chris Hahn is saying. Can you do that, Terry? Oh, absolutely. I just was disappointed because it's like, how can they make up fake news? That's all. All right. Well, I want want you to eat. I want you to eat the Parmesan cheese and rat them out. Because in this field, just like in the streets, this is up in the suites, snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Except I need you to snitch out. Uh, any of the various talk show hosts and hostesses here at WABC. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. No Greg Kelly today. He'll be back with all of you same time, same place on Monday. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, we're taking you the rest of the way. And my tactical air support is being supplied by Anthony Anthony Sliwa, my son, who was an intern here at WABC. By the way, the supply chain is in crisis proportion for whiskey. So if you're finding when you go to your local uh, gin joint or liquor store that you can't find either Jack Daniel or Jim Beam, you may want to start fermenting your own grain mash, you know, a little bit of barley, rye, wheat, corn, you know, in order to get your own corn squeezings. Anyway, let's go to Josh, who's talking from Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Josh. All right, and if this is Greg Kelly, he's taking hormone shots. First of all, Harpo Marx does a show here on WABC on Late Night in the Weekends. Never talks about having a girlfriend. Never. He gets on other people's skin. This guy never talks about having girlfriends. He lives in his mom's basement. He jumps rope, and he goes takes college courses. But listen... And anyway, Anthony, congratulations. I think he, I think Anthony's more conservative than you are. That's my opinion. I think that's going to find that to be true. Now, I, a lot of times I go into stores and, and, you know, I'll call it supplies and food, whatever, and the levels are very low. A lot of times these stores are going out of business. I notice some of the big uh, national franchises are taking over. You got Popeyes popping up all over the place. I seen I was passing through Queens. I saw an international house of pancakes. When was the last time anyone saw an international house of pancakes in New York City? When no, is no, it going to no, bring no, back no, up? No, hold on, hold on, Josh, Josh. IHOP, man. Super popular, especially for the brothers and sisters, man. They got to get their IHOP. I mean, right there on Linden Boulevard, uh, right across the projects. On 105th Street, you got IHOP International right there, right next to Reverend Bernard's huge church. You know, Bernard, who does the uh, show there with uh, Reverend Joe Potashnik. It's right there, IHOPs. And then underneath the A-Train, on the way to Leffitt's Boulevard, off of Rockaway, huge IHOP there. Man, these places are packed. What are you talking about? Man, see, he's just too interested, Josh, in sticking the ship in Frankie Russo because he did. He did inflect from his listenings 
on Friday going into Saturday, Saturday going into Sunday. He's the JV member of the other side of midnight from 1 to 5 in the morning. That he is a Mamaluke. There's no doubt about it. But, hey, a lot of Mamalukes here at WABC. Anyway, let's go to Pete in Piscataway. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pete. Hello, Curtis. My shortage is there aren't enough people keeping all of God's Ten Commandments. There's way too much fornication, way too much murder, way too much stealing, people coming across the borders, and not enough people keeping the Sabbath and the day reverent and respecting God. Oh, wow. That was quick. That was truncated. Pete was on a holy roller move there. And he didn't give us the Ten Commandments according to Pete. He's claiming that illegal aliens crossing the border is one of the violations of the Ten Commandments. What did that make Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, huh? Man, they were going from, like, place to place. I got to believe that at that particular time in the history of the Middle East, they might have been considered wandering like gypsies, like nomads from place to place, like illegal aliens. Anyway, let's go to the namesake of my son, Anthony, who's accompanying me today. Anthony in Jersey, your turn to be heard on WABC, Anthony. Hey, Goomba Cheech. Uh Listen, I got a story. About three weeks ago, my brother owns a dry cleaners now. I used to be his partner, but the lockdown chased me out of the business. But uh make a long story short, he brought home, he thought he had the flu, and, uh, and he got real sick. And he gave it to my 93-year-old dad. He got real sick, and then uh, I got something, and we all figured out. We got tested. It was positive for COVID-19. Now, uh, Curtis, I got the vaccine back in July. I was sick for four hours. My dad, 93, World War II vet, he kicked this thing. He kicked the crap out of it. He got better. My brother wound up in the hospital ICU unit. Now, how do you figure that out? Same genetics. Your daddy in his yeah, 90s, uh, he is able to sail through COVID-19. You yeah. had some setbacks, and your brother had it worse. He got swallowed up into the ICU. How's your brother doing now? He's just finally coming out of the ICU. He can't walk yet, but uh, he's still on oxygen. But he waited too long to get those those therapeutics that are so good. He, he, he passed the window of, uh, you know, the monochromial uh, antibodies and, and the Regeneron. So all they could have done was give him steroids and oxygen. But he, he it looks like he's going he's gonna to be all right. And, uh, you know, just, uh, it's, it's just the, it's, the moral of the story is, I think you better get the vaccine, you know, Curtis? Yeah, well, I got my two shots. Anthony's got yeah. his shots. I advocate Good people boy. get their shots. Now, though, they're talking boosters. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to give you all the updates coming from who. The World Health Organization, I'm not talking the rock group, the Who, which was one of my all-time favorite rock and roll groups. Uh, they got a whole slew of uh, uh, initiatives that they want to impose on all of us. And it means going back because of this new variety of COVID-19 right. that's broken out yep. in South Africa because of this new, more deadly variety. They want us all going back to wearing masks putting diapers on our face, and socially distancing again. Seems like every time it's two steps forward, one step backward. Three steps forward, six steps backwards. We're going to give you all those updates so you don't need to go anywhere else. Anyway, let's go to Aldo calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Aldo. Fauci is a key Ralph, all right? Don't let's not get too caught up on this guy. 
He's a front. He's put up there by the establishment to protect Chinese, the communist serial killers. And what about the Chinese citizens who got on those planes knowing they were sick or they were sick or they were getting sick and they flew to Europe, United States, and Australia to spread that poison around here? Nobody ever brings that up. They always kick him around. The uh, Dairy Queen out in San Francisco, I believe she drinks cooking sherry. She's half in the bag. She knocks the microphone over, and she just walks away, and the, and the media don't say nothing to her. We should sue the balls off of China for what they did to America. With that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, Aldo, explain to me. How does one sue the balls off of somebody? I've never heard that uh, phrase before. Sue the balls off of China when we're so dependent on all these red Chinese mainland-made Chinese products that are all lined up in the holes and the bellies of these ships that are stacked two by two out there in the Pacific Ocean waiting to come to port in Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Oakland. And the transportation secretary who has taken a paternity leave, like our own Frank Morano, uh, who experienced uh, the birth of his first child last night, Carmine, he's 13 pounds, Richmond County Hospital, delivered by a midwife, provided by Mount Laredo, one of the last nuns there, and a OBGNY. Uh, his uh, beautiful wife, Rachel, is doing well, even though delivering a 13-pound child is really going to take a lot out of you. And if you see him around town in Staten Island on Forest Avenue, Victory Boulevard, or Highland Boulevard, he's giving out the Italian Denobili, uh, Italian stinker crooked cigars today because he's busting his bu- buttons and bridges with pride with the birth of his new son, Carmine. By the way, speaking of Pete Buttigieg, again, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg said that the U.S. labor shortage was due to a lack of affordable daycare. I guess that's going to be uh, Frank Morano's battle cry. Daycare, 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 daycare. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. No, it's not. Instead, it's yours truly, uh, Curtis Lee was substituting to the 3 o'clock hour and then uh, handing over the 50,000 pound for watts of sound to my Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani. And I'm assisted today by my son, Anthony. Today, we make history here at WABC. He is an intern, 17 years old, but we're doing the very first father-son podcast that you'll be able to find on the many podcast offerings of our hosts and hostesses here at WABC at WABCradio.com. Let's go, if we can, to Tim. He's calling from the Jersey Shore Point Pleasant. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Timmy. Hi, Curtis. Uh, Congratulations on you and your son's uh, first podcast together. I um, heard you this morning on another, uh, you know, another show substituting for Bernard yeah. McGurk and uh, Sid Rosenberg. And uh, I didn't agree with the uh, your, the other host uh, saying bad things about Republicans. And I noticed he said that uh, a police officer was killed on January sixth, and you didn't push back against that. I was just wondering why we wouldn't. Uh, you know, push back when they when they tell a lie like that. Well, Tim, the uh, point of talk radio is so that you can get your two cents playing in and the other callers, and they certainly did, as they took on Chris Hahn. If I ended up having to counteract everything that Chris Hahn uh, was saying and everything dripping from his lips, it would have just been a one-on-one conversation in which all of you would have been denied an opportunity to speak. So, look, uh, you can catch up with us. We're on Sunday from 3 to 5. That's our normal slot. And I'm sure that subject matter will come up again 
And if I don't uh, counteract what he said, you know, shame, shame, shame on me. Uh, but thank you for the constructive criticism on that, Timmy. Well, thank you very much. I uh, love your show. All right. You got it. Let's go, if we can, to Saul, who's calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Saul. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs out there. I got five of them. I, I filled up my SUV, 110 bucks, Curtis, 110 bananas. I had to spend filling that baby up. This guy closes down the pipeline, and he wonders why we don't have any gas. This, this is, this is a, a crazy. The left wing, the hard left in this country are a bunch of lunatics. They're a cult. The hard left is a cult of human misery. They want to spread it out. They want to release prisoners out of the prisons. They're doing that now. No bail law. The other guy, even the Grand Orange in the White House, released... 4,000 prisoners out of the federal pen. Nobody on talk radio got on his case about that. And let's face it, these people didn't come out of prison, start uh, turning, morphing into Mother Teresa. They're out there doing their business. They were out there from 2019. Well, 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 well Saul, you got to pay attention because in the next hour, we're going to be flipping the script from uh, then former President Donald Trump to one of the members of the squad, Talibi from Dearborn, Michigan, who has advocated closing federal prisons. That's right. Closing them lock, stock, and barrel. We're not talking about just defunding prisons. We're talking about closing all prisons. Anyway, let's go to Tom in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Chris, good afternoon, sir. So I had a, a perspective on the vaccination I wanted to share with you, run it by you, see what your, what your view on this was. So we have, there's a lot of data at this point concerning uh, the vaccine itself, you know, there's a lot of data concerning its potential dangers. There's data concerning, you know, the, the positive aspect of it. If the goal is to protect rather than inject everyone for the sake of injecting and having everybody vaxxed, why not offer the range of options available to date, which is to say the vaccines are available to those who want to take them. We're not forcing them on you. We think they're good for these reasons. Here's the here's the perspective where here's the perspective that thinks they're not good for these reasons to date. We're going to continue developing them and working on them and seeing whether we can make them better. And then there's also these other things you can do. You know, proposed ivermectin and vitamin for. Um, um, helping people recover from COVID who have it, protecting others who haven't had COVID from getting it. And it seems to me that that would go a long way to accomplishing getting more people, if not everyone, well, it should, it, one way or another. Tommy, it certainly should be on the table. I'll tell you what the problem is. The FDA uh, has been uh, solicited for its information. It led to the manufacturing, creation, and distribution of the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine and the one shot Johnson and Johnson. A group of scientists uh, had filed a Freedom of Information Act. Uh, everyone thought it would be a slam dunk because these were scientists who were not adversarial. They were scientists who wanted the data so that they could convince those who were meds and poco poco or having their doubts about the vaccine that in fact it was safe based on all the analytical data that had been acquired by the FDA in order to give their certification. And the FDA's response was a double oofah to all of you, you citizens out there who fund the FDA with your sucking taxpayer dollars. It'll take you 55 years to get all the data. 55 years. So they're stonewalling. They don't want to release the data. And the only reason they wouldn't want to release the data 
in record time, especially when you consider all the variants that are now appearing out there in the next hour. We'll talk more about this South African variant uh, is because maybe the data doesn't necessarily stand up to the way they've promoted it and advertised it uh, as the cure all. So interesting. FDA, when last uh, heard on this subject, was refusing to provide any of the data they had acquired in testing out uh, these uh, vaccines when they were fast-tracked by then-President Donald Trump. They refused to provide it and say, if all is said and done, if every I is dotted, every T is crossed, we'll be lucky if we get it in 55 years. Anyway, let's go to Giuseppe, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Hey, Curtis, two questions, if you don't mind. The first question, all these sites that you're saying that these animals go on to notify each other where they're going to rob and what time, how come they can't put a stop to that? Like block them like they do with people that they don't like. Well, number, number one, you're absolutely right. But when they flash mob, you understand they do it instantaneously. So it's not out there. It's not uh, existing for long periods of time. So the, all of a sudden, let's say they see Nordstrom's. And Nordstrom's has always been a high-end target. I remember when Nordstrom's was first brought in uh, to New Jersey. I'll go through that momentarily because it was so luscious, so delectable to shoplifters, looters, and those who want to do a loot out. But they get together and they gather up, as they did, 90 strong uh, outside of San Francisco, outside of Los Angeles. And then they come in like locusts to a cornfield, grab everything they can get their hands on. It's all high-end items. You notice they ain't raiding dollar stores or Dollar Tree stores. You notice that, Joe? They go to the high-end uh, designer stores. Yeah, well, who wants a dollar, a dollar product? Well, no, the dollar product now because of inflation is a dollar twenty-five. You, you know that, Do you know that, Joe? You go into the dollar store, the Dollar Tree store. What used to be a dollar product is now a dollar twenty-five. I hate. <laughs> and what was I, your I second question? What was second your second question? Yes. Are you going to be on top of this Adams every time he steps out of place? Well, right now I'm going to give him some breathing room because, look, he did get elected mayor. We want him to succeed. Anybody would have done a better job uh, than Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. Had Zippy the Chimp been the choice between Bill de Blasio and Zippy the Chimp, uh, Zippy the Chimp could have done a better job. But for right now, Eric Adams, for the most part, is saying the right things, doing the right things. I'll give you a critique of Mayor-elect Eric Adams in the next hour in terms of the direction he's going to pick a police commissioner, which is very, 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 very troubling to me. But like yesterday, he was at the hospital when the injured police officer who was shot in the line of duty up on 187th Street the night before in the Bronx at 8 o'clock was released. He was there to meet and greet her along with 100 other cops of the PBA and Pat Lynch. That was a very good sign. Talking about how he's going to appoint judges when he's given the opportunity uh, who are not just going to turn them loose into the streets. That was a very good sign. But then again, the true test of uh, uh, mayor-elect Eric Adams is going to be when there's a bad shooting by the cops or there's a situation that goes awry and the cops' backs are against the wall. The question will be, will he have the backs of the no-justice, no-peace crowd, Al Slim Shady Sharpton, or will he have the backs of the NYPD, or will he sort of be an arbiter and sort of play a role in which he tries to put all the facts together first before he's judgmental.
to be continued. This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Not today, substituting yours truly, Curtis Lee, with my son for the very first time, Anthony, who interns here at WABC, and then I'll be pleased to join him in the 4 o'clock hour. Not here on the air. No, that'll be the time slot of Bo Snurdly. Rather, we're going to be doing our very first podcast that you'll be able to get on WABCradio.com with the so many other podcasts of our many hosts and hostesses here. A lot different than the actual live programming. And it'll be called A Father and a Son. It'll be our first one today. Let's go to Glenn calling from Hillside. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Glenn. Hey, Curtis, before I turn around and get into uh, your take on a bill that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is looking to introduce, I want to say that there is going to be one person, one, one person only, that it's exempt from your ground rule. And it's not, it's not John Casamathides. But if you get a call from John Travolta, a.k.a. Vinny Barbarino, and he asks you that question, hey, you're not going to throw him off the air. You would be surprised. Uh, I have uh, I have gone at it with his brother, uh, who uh, I was interviewing one time. And remember, the reason I don't get along with John Travolta is he went out of his way. Remember to get that part playing John Gotti Sr., my enemy of all enemies? Uh-huh. Well, well, it turned out to be one of the worst movies ever made. You know, it won a Razzie Award. Travolta was like miserable in that movie along with the other cast members, the Gotti story. Uh, so I closed the book on that, but I never really liked uh, Travolta. And then I really got into it with his brother one time. Uh, he was on the phone from New Orleans, uh, so I'll leave it be at that. But no, if he would have called me, right, John Travolta, yeah. I would introduce him to Mister Click. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now my question: uh, the other thing, Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to introduce the bill to give Rittenhouse the Congressional Medal of Honor for his protecting the community. And what's your take on that? That is crazy. Rittenhouse is neither a hero nor a zero. But you're not going to be giving him a Congressional Medal of Honor, which is reserved for our war heroes in combat. Come on, you you wouldn't be in agreement with that, would you, Glenn? No, 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 she's crazy. She's always been crazy. Oh, she's a loony kazoony from parts unknown. But you see, that's just meant to stir the pot. When some of the uh, congressional uh, staff uh, advocating on behalf of their congressmen, uh, Matt Gates, uh, I forget who the other one was, uh, to actually have him come in and intern in the House of Representatives. Come on. <laughs> and already he was uh, down tomorrow or to meet with Donald Trump. Yeah, well, look, uh, that that's a right he has. That's a right that uh, Donald Trump has. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but uh, Congressional Medal of Honor or becoming an intern in the House of Rev- uh, Representatives, Ixnay uh, on that for Rittenhouse. Let's go to Bobby, who's calling from Tom's River. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Bobby. I think Bobby just did the bird. You see, he did the rope-a-dope with our phone screener. He basically tagged him up, and then all of a sudden, naturally, what did our phone screener do? He put him up. But he didn't realize that this was really a guy who considers you a dope. You know, like the governor of New Jersey. He considers you a knucklehead. He played you. He played you like a sucker. This is the education 
that I have to provide here at WABC upon my return. Uh, anyway, let's go to Lisa, who's calling from Nutley, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Lisa Lease. Okay, babes. Uh, hopefully your day yesterday was a good one. Um, here's my question. We do Delta Rescue as commercials on WABC. Yes. Why are we trusting Fauci with this vaccine stuff when this crazy maniac does experiments on animals, especially puppies? Yeah, in fact, my wife, you want to be listening uh, 12 midnight, Sunday to Monday. I have her on for about a half hour. We discuss animal welfare issues. Uh, she was as mad as you were, Lisa, and most of America when... We watched those pictures of those beagles who were outsourced to uh, Tunisian authorities who were experimenting by putting them in encased glass in which sand fleas were subjected to them and ate them alive. And you say to yourself, what the hell are you going to learn through that kind of an experimentation? In fact, you know, I'm opposed to most experimentation involving animals. I wonder why you even need to do that. But in this case, it was absolutely nothing that could benefit society from that other than it helped the sadists who administer these sand fleas to these poor, helpless uh, beagles. I see, Lisa, she got her answer and she did the bird. See, our phone screen is having a little bit of a hard time here. People are playing with him what we call phone call rope-a-dope. Anyway, let's go to Jesse, who's calling from the Boogie Down Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jess. Anthony, welcome to Hee Haw. And the Adams Family doesn't move into January. The Tower Jelly's still here. The Adams Family and Tower Jelly, Jelly folks, they're both hard left people. They're vicious. They want to destroy this whole city. They release criminals out of prisons. They let these illegal aliens, legal and illegal invaders, into the country. They're in here, folks. They're re- you realize they're rearranging the furniture now. You realize that. I think you're 32 years, uh, 30 years too late getting mad about this. But this, what, this is what takes place inside a country when you have no opposition. This, t- this is the first time Kurt is ever in the history of mankind that there's a war going on, but only one side knows it's going on. The hard left knows it's going on. That buck toot uh, lunatic in the Bronx, uh, Cortez, I don't give her that fancy name, or the other one in Dearborn, Michigan. These are maniacs. These are lunatics, and they're running the country. The, uh, the Speaker of the House is a drunk. She, co- she drinks cooking well, sherry. Well, you've got to be paying attention in the next hour when we talk. We actually listened to uh, Talibi of Dearborn, Michigan, one of the key members of the squad, and she talks about wanting to eliminate all federal prisons for almost all charges. No federal jails. Let's go to Walker, who's calling from Paramus. Welcome to WABC, Walker. Curtis, good afternoon. Uh, earlier today, you were talking about the shot, the jab, the needle, and somebody referred to it as an immunization. And, you know, you're very detail-oriented. It's not an immunization. It's just a protection, like a rocket. And every six months, you got to get another poke. Well, the European Union now is going to mandate that if you have a vaccine passport now, uh, it'll last for only nine months before you now have to get the booster shot. So imagine, you get the two shots from Pfizer or Moderna or the single shot from Johnson & Johnson. You get your vaccine passport, and if you're a member of the European Union, nine months later, that's vacated, and you got to start the process all over again with boosters. It's a racket. I mean, it's a protection racket. Well, look, we're paying billions of billions of our tax dollars to get these vaccines. They were fast-tracked by then-President Donald Trump. He never really gets uh, the credit for that. 
but they were fast-tracked, cost us a hell of a lot of money. It's saving American lives. It's saving people around the world's lives. But you got to wonder if the greed factor is kicking in here because, look, I've had all kinds of vaccines in my life, especially as a kid. It was one shot. That was it. Now right, all of a sudden, you were immune. Right. Now all of a sudden, we're being told you have to get boosters. And it may only last for, as you said, six months or nine months. Then you're going to have to get more boosters. It's just going to have to go on in perpetuity. And how much is it going to cost us taxpayers to keep funding these boosters? Now, I know that there is a pill being developed by uh, Pfizer, which you'll be able to take uh, the antiviral pill. You won't even have to take shots any longer. That obviously would be a much better way to go. But, man, there's a hell of a lot of money being made out there by Big Pharma. And a simple question, simple question that was posed through the Freedom of Information Act to the FDA that's supposed to be monitoring Big Pharma. Please provide us with the documentary evidence of the research that was done that enabled the vaccines to be approved by the federal government so they were being mass marketed and used by the citizens in America. And their answer to the scientists who needed the information just to be able to quell the fears of those who don't want a vaccine was tough noogies. Uh, If we start assembling it now, it'll take us 55 years before you get the paperwork. And to me, that's stonewalling. And that might suggest... If you're going to say it's going to take 55 years to get this information, we're going to find out about the illegal aliens from foreign planets in Roswell, New Mexico, from our federal government that has been stonewalling us on that for decades. We'll find out that information before we find out the information that went into the certification and approval of the vaccines to fight COVID-19 from Moderna, from Pfizer, and the one-shots from Johnson & Johnson. Anyway, in the next hour, you're not going to want to miss it. Not only are we going to talk about what I call the loot out. That's right. That's what they are going on in California. But we're also going to talk about this new strain, apparently a deadly strain of this coronavirus disease that has come out of South Africa. And if you happen to be vaccinated, the WHO, World Health Organization, seems to be implying that that may not protect you from this new variant. And that means here we go again with lockdowns with a new uh, wave of the pandemic. Greg Kelly is on the air. 77 WABC. Not today. Greg Kelly's off for the holiday. He'll be back with you same time, same place on Monday. Instead, you have the return of yours truly, Curtis Sleewood, to the airwaves of 770 AM WABC, the 50,000 powerful watts of sound as I've been filling in all the various holes in the scheduling and will continue to do so. I've been joined today, very special occasion, by my son, Anthony, who is an intern here at WABC at the age of 17, but will also be doing his very first podcast with me later on today. It'll be called The Father and Son. And you'll be able to get that podcast in addition to all the other podcasts done by the hosts and hostesses here at WABC by going to wabcradio.com. That's WABCRadio.com. Now, you know how you assess the seriousness of a story. You tend to look at the Dow exchange on Wall Street and what the final number of the day is. And as our caller, one of our callers in the previous hour had mentioned, the stock exchange, Wall Street doing boffo business, boffo profits. But not today. 
the Dow dropped 900 points. And the reason that it dropped 900 points is because of this new COVID strain discovered in South Africa, which apparently, even if you are vaccinated, it does not necessarily protect you from this strain. You may have all the same ramifications that you would have if you were unvaccinated and were exposed originally to COVID-19 when the lockdown first came about in March of 2020. At least that's the preliminary information. In fact, there is a big meeting of all the uh, mockers, the muckety-mucks, the leaders uh, of the World Health Organization taking place as we speak. The United States, our country, is going to restrict travel from eight African nations on Monday, including Botswana and, most importantly, South Africa. And this can only spread. Now, just to give you a heads up on what this new strain is, because this would be the fourth wave that we've had internationally since the lockdown and pandemic really hit us full flush in March of 2020. Apparently, this uh, strain in South Africa has a large number of mutations. And vaccinated people are not necessarily protected from it. And the reason that South Africa has been hit so heavily is... They are the largest nation in the world with the most, the most uh, of its citizens who are infected with HIV, which lowers your immunity. The largest percentage of any country in the world, 8 million people. And as a result of that low immune system, uh, South Africans with HIV are more likely to catch this new strain of COVID-19 which is not only debilitating, uh, but may be more lethal than all the other strains. And when you look at South Africa, only 35% of the residents in South Africa are vaccinated. Only 6% of the rest of the residents throughout the continent of Africa. And that means we got to do a lot of vaccinating there. Or these new strains are going to keep mutating. So even if we were protected, 99% of the population here in North America, Canada, the United States, wouldn't matter. These other mutations can be popping up in third world countries. That's why it's incumbent upon us to make sure we get the level of vaccinations and protections out there for third world countries and third world peoples. Right now, Europe is the biggest battleground because they have a renewed surge of HIV, some of it from the new strain. And as a result, you see there are lockdowns in Austria, Czechoslovakia, Germany has canceled all of its uh, Christmas shopping centers, which was like a main fixture. Their Christmas villages, so many people would travel to Germany, especially Bavaria, in order to see that. Uh, they've all been shut down. And the European Union is planning a nine-month expiration date on its COVID vaccine passports, meaning you're going to have to get a series of boosters. And the question I ask all of you is, when do we end with these boosters? Uh, I, as a child, uh, in fact, now as an adult of 67 years old, remember I got uh, so many vaccines when I was a kid, and it was one shot, one shot only. This seems, at least to me, to be the one vaccine we've had to take in our lifetime in which there's multiple shots, followed up by now boosters. And there's no way of knowing when the need, according to the medical authorities, will end for additional boosters that you and I and others may have to take, including my son here, Anthony. Let's get the numbers out there, 1-800-848-9222. 
That's 1-800-848-WABC. Remember the rules and regulations as I perform the re-education of our talk radio callers here at WABC. You don't ask how I'm doing because I'm just going to tell you I've had better days. Uh, And you don't uh, certainly say, hey, you know, thank you for taking my call. Hey, come on. Uh, I've been soliciting you to call as other hosts and hostesses here at WABC do morning, noon, and night. Why would you thank me for taking your call when it's what I asked you to do? And then finally, please don't hit me with the uh, knee-jerk reaction of, hey, first time caller, long time listener. First of all, you're a liar, you're a kyaki around, you're a Pinocchio. Uh, and I- I'm just going to have to straighten you out right on the spot. Let's go to Chris, who's calling from Bethpage. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Curtis, one major flaw, though, I will have to say, and I love that you're back, is that you take that Steve from Manhattan guy. He was on three times already today, so far. Two times, at least. The guy you just had on. Well, you see, this is what I'm going to have to do, Chris. Because, remember, I'm back after uh, having left in March to run for mayor. we got a whole new tribe of personnel here, people I don't even recognize. You know, for all I know, they could be hitmen from the Gambino crime family ready to finalize (laughs) me. But, Chris, I'm going to have to actually get... Steve from Manhattan, put him on tape because he's a master of camouflage of his voice in disguise. He is. And I'm going to have to run a tutorial in which I tell these uh, Gavones here at WABC, you just put Steve up three times. You can't tell that Steve from Manhattan because his hashtag line is go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. I've been dealing with this guy for 30 years in talk radio. I know. Hey, Curtis, can I just quickly get to what I want to say about – the new strain. Of course, I've been saying this from I've been saying this from the beginning of when COVID started last year and last March. Okay, when are we going to have a serious conversation about who actually dies from this thing? Okay, and you know the comorbidities and the people that are that weigh too much. I personally lost a lot of weight. I'm not kidding around because of this. I had to get in better shape. But when are we going to have a serious national conversation about that? And that's what's killing most of these people. I always said, when an athlete like LeBron James dies from this thing, then you'll have my attention. Other than that, I don't want to hear about people that have comorbidities and they have, and I understand, and if they have a problem, then stay inside, stay away from everybody. But let all the healthy people out about, I'm going to tell you this very quickly. I take the train in from Beth Page every day in the Long Island Railroad. I've had COVID twice. Trust me, I've had it twice. I had it in December of 2019. I had it December of 2020. Plus, I've been vaccinated. And do you know that I showed my vaccination card? On the Long Island Railroad, I cannot drink my coffee. They still make me wear a mask. <laughs> I'm like, when is the insanity going to stop? I can't drink my coffee. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. Let, me, let me get this straight, Chris. Which makes no sense to me whatsoever is that if you have a cup of coffee in your hand, you get to pull your mask down to drink it, which is common sense. But then again, does that mean you're not inhaling the coffee? that you couldn't possibly catch the virus by having a cup of coffee. But if you're sitting down having a cup of coffee, it's okay to take the mask down. But if you're standing up and you're not drinking the coffee, you got to keep the mask on. That makes no sense, does it, Chris? No, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I got in a big argument with one of the conductors. He was ready to throw me off the train. I said, I bought this cup of coffee, which, by the way, you sell right here. On, you know, your stand sells it right here, by the way. I get on with it. And because I had my mask down, I was sipping on it. He goes, you have to have your mask up over your nose. I go, what am I going to do with this coffee? He goes, drink it when you get into Penn Station. 
And I'm like, oh, you can't be serious. I go, here's my vaccination card, by the way. I pulled out my vaccination. You know, Chris, you want to be a Weisenheimer. You want to be a Weisenheimer. If he does that again, you tell that conductor, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I'll see it. That in the rest of my life, what little time I have on this plane, that I will eliminate your job, which involves clicking those tickets. You know, it's like old fashioned. They come in with the clicker. They cut a little piece out. You know, it's like pop it out. And then you have the little things all over the floor, which adds to obviously the need to have a maintenance person. It is the most ridiculous thing in this modern technological society that you got to walk around as a conductor on New Jersey Transit or the Long Island Railroad with your little hole puncher punching out holes on tickets. That makes no sense whatsoever. Anyway, let's go to Lenny, who's calling from the Lower East Side, the big LES. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Lenny. Lenny Lenny seems to, again, have the rope-a-dope syndrome. Let's try Derek in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Derek. Curtis, good to talk to you. Listen, i got a question. For years, I've watched you, 50 years as a public figure, Street smarts better than anybody from New York City, and you have street cred. Why has not one mayor or somebody decided to even put you in a position to help as a consultant or something to this police department or something? I don't understand that. Well, because, you know, I'm not a yes man, Derek, and there's going to come a time. Uh, let's say if it's Mayor-elect Eric Adams or the previous mayor, the dope from Park Slope, uh, de Blasio, or even Mike Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani, who I went out and supported twice, in his first uh, electoral battle against uh, Mayor David Dinkins, he won out. And then the second one, in which Rudy won, is that there is going to come a point I'm going to be in complete disagreement with the party line. And if you are a consultant or a bureaucrat or part of the humongous bureaucracy known as government, you're not entitled to have your own opinion with most elected officials. Do you know that, Derek? Yeah, no, I, I know. And I know you're not. Yes, I can feel it in your bones, man. Every time I see you on TV, I hear you. First thing I tell my wife, I go, you know what? If I was any type, of, if I was in for any type of position, I would, I would, even if I met with him secretly, would find out where this stuff's happening, and it would make my numbers look good in two to three years. That's what I would do. You and see, I but that makes that makes common and sense. Know- and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, there's a two square block area in Midtown Manhattan, uh, Penn Station. Uh, before the lockdown and pandemic, every day 700,000 people would pour out of Penn Station, making it one of the largest transit facilities in the world. And at night, 700,000 people would pour back into Penn Station to catch either Amtrak or the Long Island Railroad or New Jersey Transit or the city subway system. Massive system in Penn Station. And ever since the lockdown and the pandemic, all it has become is a field of slashing, stabbings and killings. As an example, the other night, 8 o'clock, here's a guy, two homeless guys fighting right in front of the brand-new escalator on 33rd and 7th that was put in by Andrew Evilized Como before he was on his way out. And it cost us millions, make that billions of dollars. And they have more law enforcement in Penn Station than anywhere else in New York City. Look, you have, you have NYPD from Midtown South. You have the MTA cops. Then you have the state troopers, you have the National Guard, you have the Antrac police, the federal cops, and they can't seem to have it locked down. Yet yesterday when they had the parade coming through to 34th Street and Herald Square right in front of Macy's Herald, the sponsor of the annual Thanksgiving Day Parade, they had Penn Station in a complete lockdown for two square blocks. 
They had the uh, wooden horses out. It was Checkpoint Charlie. You just couldn't get in or out because they knew they had to protect all the tourists who had poured into the city. Uh, and then the moment that that parade was over, an hour later, there went all the horses. Life went back to normal anarchy in the Penn Station area. You had another killing last night. It was another killing the week before of that soccer player on a number two train. Then the other morning in Herald Square at about 4 o'clock in the morning on the platform of the D, B, and F train, this enemy of society approaches this woman, tries to drag her bag away from her, drags it 10 feet, starts punching her over and over. You see it in the video and then escapes. All of that in the Penn Station Herald Square area. So what you got to do is set up a DMZ, demilitarized zone. Put up the wooden horses, get the law enforcement out there in uniforms. It's Checkpoint Charlie. Why are you going into Penn Station? What is your purpose of doing business there? Are you taking a transit train, New Jersey Transit, Long Island Railroad, Amtrak? You're taking the city subway system. Are you getting a dirty water hot dog? Are you getting your shoes shine? What is your purpose of being in Penn Station? They do that in the new Moynihan Station. Oh, they don't let the riffraff in there. No, 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 no. And that's attached to Penn Station, but they don't do it for the rest of Penn Station, and that's why you have the killing fields. So you see, Derek, that's just basic plain common sense. No, I understand that. You know, I live in New Jersey. I'm close to Plainfield, New Jersey. One time the mayor was running for Plainfield mayor, mayor, and I asked her. She goes, oh, vote for me as a mayor. I said, let me ask you something. I can't even walk down 4th Street. I said, I'll give you $100 if you could walk down 4th Street tonight in Plainfield, which is a den of iniquity without being hit in the head. And then she, oh, well, it's, this is other things I did in Plainfield. Nobody wants to answer that question. So it must, apparently it must not be a real issue. Because now, that's the only thing I want to worry about is, is, is safety. I got a family. I got kids. You're right. Plainfield, North Plainfield there, even uh, for a while there. I don't know if he's still living there. The former governor. Yeah, well, no, I live in Piscataway. Yeah, well, I got the ex-governor. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. The, I'm the, the next time. But, hey, right. you know what? I'm in your corner. I appreciate your show, bro. You got it. You got it, Derek. Uh, the former governor of New Jersey who claimed that the reason he got kicked out of office was because he's a gay American. You know who I'm talking about. Had nothing to do with him being gay. Had to do with him being a crook. But, hey, you know, you need cover. You need cover. Sometimes your complexion is your protection. Sometimes your sexuality. Sometimes what you do socially and publicly. And then all of a sudden, you claim that the forces of evil are stacked up against you. When, in fact, you're so corrupt down to the marrow of your bone, like so many officials in New Jersey, that when you drop dead from greed, they have to find a black and decker power drill to close the casket and drill you into the cemetery ground. Oh, yeah, that's in Soprano land, New Jersey. And it's getting as bad, if not worse, in New York State. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Not today. He'll be back on Monday. It's the dynamic duo in his place. Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa at the helm. And I'm joined by my son, Anthony Sliwa age 17, who's an intern here at WABC, but more importantly today, he'll have an opportunity along with me to do the first father and son podcast of all time here at WABC. In fact, you can see your podcasts of all your favorite hosts and hostesses here at WABC by just going on WABCradio.com. And I'm sure by Monday, you will see the first podcast of Anthony Sliwa with his father, Curtis Sliwa. Oh, yeah, we're getting it on. The tradition continues in the Sliwa household. 
Anyway, let me give you some uh, street knowledge because you're reading about and watching all these California flash mobs as they're doing a loot out. Now, <laughs> you see, there are some in academia who are upset with the term looting. They're saying that's a racist term, looting. Okay, so why don't you use my term, loot out, because that's what it is. They say, no, 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 these stores are being ransacked. It's They're being looted out. What are you talking about? Dozens go in like uh, like locusts through a cornfield, and they're all dressed for success. You know, they got the ski mask, the black ski mask, pulled over their head, yeah, claiming because of COVID-19 restrictions, and they bum-rush the stores. And if there happen to be a guard or an armed guard there, they just overwhelm them. And they're looking for places like Nordstrom's. I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with Nordstrom's, but it's one of those high-end uh, department stores. Started out in Seattle almost a century ago. I remember walking into my first uh, uh, Nordstrom's in Seattle right near Pike. And they're so hopelessly naive. No more. Ever since Antifa ravaged that city with chop <laughs> and everything else. Uh, but years ago, you would walk into a Nordstrom and they would leave all the items that were for sale out on the counter. Not under lock and key. Out on the counter. And out there at the time in Minneapolis and Minnesota, again, which went through an Antifa struggle recently, and Seattle, which has continually gone through an Antifa struggle, that's where, that's where Nordstrom's really came, came into its own world. I think there's about 450 Nordstrom's all across America. I remember it was more than 20 years ago, I think they came into the Garden State Plaza for the first time in New Jersey. And there were whole posses of professional pickpockets, mostly from uh, Latin America, South America, from Peru, from Chile, uh, who would descend uh, upon that Nordstrom's and just pick the pockets clean of the personnel and uh, the shoppers because they would come in on New Jersey Transit. You know, it's a hub. But more importantly, there'd be whole parcels of shoplifters who would come in there with bags, all kinds of bags, backpacks, and they would just start grabbing all the items that were put up on the uh, counters that were not restricted to the use, the feel, the touch, and possibly the purloining by the customers. And then Nordstrom got wise real quick and they decided, hey, we better put everything under glass here because we're going to be jammed out of business at this rate. So you notice that Nordstrom's is one of the many stores that's being hit in Southern California, outside of Los Angeles, in places like Canoga Park and Walnut Creek, and up in the San Francisco, Oakland Bay area. These are high-end stores. These are designer stores. These are organized criminal gangs who are coming in there. And by flash mobbing, within minutes, they clear everything out. And their whole goal is... Because there are no consequences for their actions now. Even if they get arrested, they're going to get a disappearance ticket, a.k.a. desk appearance ticket. Uh, and they're not even going to be charged with a felony. They'll be charged in many instances with a misdemeanor. If the total amount of the product is less than $1,000 and DA's there, they just don't want to prosecute these shoplifters, period. So the shoplifters pool their resources when they do these lootouts. The very next day, you'll see that they're up on a website called Just Looted. Let It Go, Craigslist, Facebook, Marketplace, and eBay. And it's all about making the money, the dead presidents. The many who are stealing would say, hey, man, you know, I don't want that that, that person uh, on my person because uh, they were slave owners. I don't want those George Washington bills. I don't want those Thomas Jefferson bills. 
I don't want any of those dead presidents who are slave owners, but, hey, they'll take it when it's in the form of currency. Uh, cash money rules the world. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Uh, it's uh, Derek who's calling from Merrick. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Derek. Hey, Curtis. I heard you this morning with Chris Hahn, and uh, Chris Hahn's got to be smoking something when he talks about that unemployment rate because uh, half the truth is not the truth. But the fact is that the new applications for new unemployment benefits are very low. But why would that be? Because everyone's been on unemployment for a year, COVID unemployment, and they exhausted their right to apply. So there's still plenty of, un- of unemployed people out there that need jobs that, that are in their field where they can pay their bills, they can pay their mortgage, and they can pay their rent. They just can't apply for unemployment. So he's only telling half the truth. Well... That's what he does. I call him Chris Medze Medze Poco Poco Hot. He only gives you half a slice when you order the full slice. You know, it's like when you go to the pizza parlor. You try this trick. I'm going to school you guys here. These are all young young guys here at WABC. I don't know who they are. I left in March to run for May. I come back. It's a whole new crew. So I want you to go in your pizza parlor. And when the guy is cutting you up a slice, you're going to get a slice and a Coke, right? You say, no, 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 I changed my mind. I, I want a pie. I want, to, I want to buy a pie. But I don't want you to make a pie because I'm in too quick of a hurry. I want the slice pie. And the guy, uh, Mr. Scongeli, is probably going to have a heart attack. He's going to think, I can't sell you the slice pie. You say, why? You just pick up the pie. You don't even have to warm it up. I'll put it in my easy bake oven. You know, I'll microwave it when I get home. Just put the freaking slice pie in the box. And if he tries to put the slice pie in the box, it's too big. And yet they always schooled you on buying a pie, which they make from another lot of dough, which is smaller than the slice pie because they said you get more value. You see, you're learning something here. Consumer Affairs, a.k.a. Curtis Lewa. Go in there, be a Weisenheimer, bust their stones, and tell them you want a pie, but you want the slice pie. You don't want them all of a sudden putting on a show. You know, they're flipping the pie, they're twisting the pie, they're banging it. You know, it takes them a month of Sundays to get you a piece of pie. I said, no, 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 just give me that slice pie here. You don't even have to heat it up in the oven. I'll take it home and I'll put it in my easy bake oven. And watch them have a heart attack. one 800 848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris, who's been patiently waiting on the line from the Catskills, where I understand from good authority that Bernard McGurk is uh, uh, with his family and friends uh, in the Irish shops there for his Thanksgiving. I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in the civilization. I'm actually, like, where closer. I'm the Hudson Valley, you know, like, eastern Catskills. But, yeah, that's about... 35, 40 minutes from where... All right, so you're somewhere in Sullivan County. So, uh, Curtis, you ran a great campaign. You had some great issues. I'm a, I'm a policy wonk, fiscal conservative Democrat, and I would have voted for you if I lived in the city in a heartbeat. Now, let me ask you a question. Let, let, me, let me ask you a question, Chris. Uh, are you a registered Democrat? Sir. You are, right? Uh, you could have voted for me as a Democrat wherever you were in the United States, two times, three times, four times. Uh, if all the Democrats had voted for me and took advantage of the easy pass that they have to the voting booth where they can vote multiple times in any election that they choose, I would be the mayor-elect of the city of New York instead of Eric Adams. You know, Curtis, on talk radio, 
Uh, I used to love listening to you. I've been listening. I've been, I'm a talk radio aficionado, and I'd have to say, you, Chris Mad Dog Roos, what are you talking? What are you, what are you doing? Talking? Right, let me ask you a question. Are you talking in the reservoir tunnel up there in the Catskills? Because you, you're like coming in, in and out, in and out. Hey, Chris, stand. Don't be roaming around. Folks. I'm close to the, dude, I'm close to the window right now to try and. Well, why don't you freaking on. jump out of the window? I can barely hear you. It's AT&T, brother. They're horrible. Well, what do you got AT&T for, man? Swap it in. Listen, as far as the COVID death, somebody I knew who was 49 years old just died yesterday from COVID. And I don't know what his diet was like, but to see him in person, he seemed like he was in pretty good health. He had a um, job where he was in contact, him and his wife, are in, he was an assistant district attorney, and his wife works at the county board of elections, so they come in contact with a lot of people. But, um, you know, I don't know what his diet was like or anything like that. Well, I've heard a theory. Let me tell you, tell, let me tell you something, Chris. You're leaving us on a real bummer. I feel sorry for the guy's family and all of his friends, but after you put us through that tunnel, up there, you know, they have the big reservoir tunnels all the way up from the Catskills, right down to the Bronx, right down in the reservoir there that's next to Lehman College and Lehman High School. Yeah, not far from the empty armory. Why does it remain empty there on Kingsbridge Road? But anyway, the point being is, man, the guy, he took us on a voyage there. We could barely hear what the guy was saying. And then he leaves us with a bummer. That his best friend in the whole world, an assistant DA up there, God bless his soul, passed away from COVID-19. But, man, it's like, let's get to it. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Nah, Greg Kelly is a dollar short day late today because he's out with his family enjoying the extended Thanksgiving Day holiday. He'll be back same time, same place on Monday. And obviously you can catch uh, Greg Kelly at night on Newsmax. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Emery calling from Clifton, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Emery. My pleasure to talk to you, sir. And I'm, lo- I'm sorry to have lost your election run for that. Always an exit time but i have an interesting comment i'm just listening to your radio show right now on a new jersey part you mentioned about seattle and looting basically rubbing it and sending out in the internet you're not gonna believe in annually every saturdays in the meadowland have a flea market and regularly and however in, in recently over the weekend i just run out there again usually i go for tools and cheap stuff but most of the time right now it just clothing is unveilable and appear to me is like brand new clothing hanging out in the hangers. I won't even bother take off the tags. The tags reading is like Target, JC Penny. <laughs> and I'm asking the guy, hey, where are these come from? Usually get them from, you know, the flea market, not flea market, you know, the, the wholesale, the wholesale. All these stores. Right, right. Yeah, wholesale. And I'm suddenly asking the guy, and he lost his broken accent. Oh, no speak English. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, hasta la vista. That's all I have to say. Well, just, well just, let me tell you something. You know where they got it. It's a loot out. Remember, you, you can get around the politically correct who is saying, yo, yo, you can't call it looting. It's racist. Just call it a loot out. Just call it a loot out. 
Listen, I just I, I won't bother to call anything, but I just you get to the subject a few minutes. No, ago no, I'm gonna head, to I'm talk. gonna head to Secaucus. Uh, I know which flea market you're talking about, uh, right in the shadow of Met Stadium, uh, and yes, yes, and the exactly. uh, and uh, figure what is that uh, the All American Center or whatever? Right between yes, and you know, the Giants uh, training facility over there and between that. I, I'm gonna check it out. I'm going to check it out, Emery, because if they got tags on that clothing and it says things like Target and Nordstrom, <laughs> man, that came from a loot out. Those are professional shoplifters who go in there and then they use the uh, the flea market as a clearance house. Yeah, as a clearance house. Anyway, let's go to Jack in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jack. Hi, Curtis. Uh, you know, Rudy on his show, he hardly takes callers anymore. He takes maybe two or three callers. He used to take like 10, 12. You could, he, the whole last half hour. I think it's because of the hecklers that used to call him up and, you know, talk about he's marrying his cousin and stuff. So that's his way of dealing with it. He just won't take callers anymore. You can never get through. And a lot of people like to talk to him and ask him some questions. Oh, totally. Totally. It's one of the most interesting uh, programs in all the talk radio. I tell you what. Now that I'm back off the campaign trail, and you know Rudy, my Kumbada chief, supported me out there, uh, I will have a uh, sit-down because uh, he was my consigliere. I will have a sit-down. I will ask Rudy, hey, Rudy, you know, got to take more calls. But, you know, we got all these new jacks here. You know, you get a guy like Steve from Manhattan who gets through like four or five times. Uh, the same guy, same time, same place, and then at the end tags out, go Buchanan, go Buchanan, go Buchanan. I understand why maybe Rudy, my Kumbada teacher, is a little resistant to that, but I'm going to be taking all the new personnel here to school. The re-education camp of Curtis Sliwa, talk radio in full effect, 30 years of experience, and I've heard it and seen it all. Anyway, let's go to Brian, who's calling from the Irish Riviera on the Hudson River, Pearl River. Yeah, and uh, Curtis, when the little Curtis got chicken pox, six months later, he didn't get a booster shot. And that other guy, Chris from Beth Page, listen, that was Steve from Manhattan. That's another prank that he pulls when he says he's calling in, but meanwhile, it's him. And the other caller is right. I never really heard Steve from Manhattan on Rudy's show. Well, wait, wait, just listen to yourself talk right now. See, I pick it up. That's Steve from Manhattan. Man. Wow. We got phone screeners here who have tin ears, but it's okay. I'll school them. I'll school them. I'll take care of it. We'll have a session in which I play these uh, cuts of Steve from Manhattan because he's good. He knows how to use verbal trickology to get through. Anyway, let's go to Chris in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Hello, Curtis. Yeah, I love your show. Um, maybe you should be in charge of security with Target and Nordstrom and all those stores. And then they'll really show them. You know, some guy made a joke that they're doing their Christmas shopping. That's not, I don't find that to, to be funny at all. It's, it's really disgusting. It's criminal behavior. That That's what the hard left wants in this country. They want them to run wild, make you uncomfortable in your country. But all the illegal aliens in here, they're writing out, listen, listen, they're running out, writing out million dollar checks for the illegal aliens. And they're telling conservatives, listen, you got to wait for the next election. The right to life is they tell them, oh, you got to wait 200 years. we got to fix the court. You wait just 200 years. To wait. Who can wait 200 years? This is nonsense. They're taking over the country. This country's being eaten alive. China's laughing. That lunatic in, in Russia, Putin or Putin, whatever his name is, he's, he's, he's KGB. 
That's what he is. Steve, he Steve, you, you, you're doing a good job here, Steve. I let you go for a little bit so our phone screener might be able to pick it up. That's five times. It's Steve from Manhattan. Go, Buchanan, go. Go, Buchanan, go. Go, Buchanan, go. It's gotten through. See, he uses multiple phones. And he uses what we call voice technology, technology, in order to mask his voice. Anyway, let's go if we can. 1-800-848-WABC. If we can, let's take uh, that cut from Talibi, member of the squad, who was talking about how she wants to eliminate all federal prisons. That's right, Talibi from Dearborn, Michigan, who wants to eliminate all... To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah, I, again, I think that everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to just release everybody. That's not that's what, what that's Yeah, is. but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, I know, but the act that you so endorsed we're gonna keep, we're actually says release everyone but in, in 10, 10 years. years. But think about it, who are releasing? But there are like human traffickers. Oh, I know. Child sex. So but you're mean, saying, do you mean that you don't actually support that? No. Because you, you endorse the bill. No, I endorse the BREATHE Act and looking at federal, the policies and how we incarcerate. Absolutely. But it says in there. But you cannot, you cannot, you cannot just blankly say, oh, look, she wants, that's not what I'm saying. But that's like in plain text. But it? what I'm saying is look at who's in prison now. No, look at the I'm, folks that are no, mentally ill, that I, have substance abuse but, problems. But I'm not have, disagreeing with you that there are people who, who yeah, should be in prison. Yeah, but why aren't you asking me about them? You're asking me about the crimi- human no, traffickers and others that no, should, I'm trying should to understand. No, 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 no. To what I'm trying to understand is your, your proposal is so sweeping. It does, oh, oh, it does release yeah. everyone. And what I'm trying to say to you is... Within 10 years, and yeah. obviously there's a process of looking at how can we get away from mass incarceration. Sure. <laughs> on the line right now, Mike Kumbada Chiefs, Rudy Giuliani, who's probably put more mobsters choking than their lobsters away for life in federal prison. Did you hear that, Rudy? Talibi of the squad wants to eliminate all federal prisons in 10 years. I'm here. Yes, did you hear that, Rudy? That was Talibi. We were playing a cut in which she was talking about how within the course of 10 years, she wants to eliminate all federal prisons. That means nobody would ever go to federal jail again. Well, maybe we could use her house. <laughs> we'll just build a nice compound for her. I know how to, I know how to, I built several prisons uh, when I was at the Justice Department. I could, do, I could do some nice ones for her, you know, exercise. She could use a little exercise. You've seen her, right? So she could use a little exercise, and we'll put her in a nice prison when, uh, you know, she could pick a few of the, we'll let, him, let her take them, like, maybe from Marion, where we put the people that are in there for life. She can have them. Oh, my enemy of all enemies, who was there, John Gotti Sr., who dropped dead in Marion yeah, yeah. in well, Illinois. I got, I got a contract on me there from uh, Junior Persico. He, oh, yeah, yeah, wait a second. A, the the guy $200,000 contract because the moron didn't know that they taped the phone calls. So he calls the guy up on the phone, and he says, oh, frickin' Giuliani, he's going to bring me back for another trial. I have 100 years, and what does he want me for? Just like a showpiece. I'm going to kill the bastard. 400. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he claimed he was just a legitimate businessman. And he pleaded not guilty. <laughs> Import and export of olive oil, not right. dead bodies. Right. But anyway, I see, Rudy, you took a little umbrage to our call of well, no, I wanted to explain why. I mean, this is the confusion of... So we got, we got complaints. I was taking too many calls, and the, and the ratings were going down. That's why. They wanted me to talk more. 
I'm, I, I love taking phone calls. Yeah, no, no, I remember. You yeah, know, I'll take you, a few more. You uh, actually... It wasn't because of those stupid idiots. I, I like it when the idiots call up. You can have fun with them. I also like it when the, you know, the crazy liberals call up. I kind of like, if, if I, I tell the people in the room, watch, I'm going to knock them out. But the best thing, and people may not be aware of that, but when you were mayor, you began the whole idea of Ask the Mayor on Friday mornings. Oh, yeah, sure. I loved it. You used to come on right after I was on with Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie. Every once in a while, you guys would, would toss something to me, or I would say something like, how could you stay on with him? Or I used to worry about the fact that someday Kuby would show up dead and you'd be the first husband, something like that. <laughs> and you took calls. Nobody screened your call. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take calls from, uh, from anybody, but apparently... It was affecting the ratings, which is something I didn't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we don't want to affect the ratings. <gasps> so, and before that, you know, I substituted, oh, way back when I was U.S. attorney for Bob Grant. Oh, the king of talk radio. Oh, man. I, I think he would. Do you think he'd last two days now? No. <laughs> There's no way, Rudy. You know, he used to cross the line every day. My uncle, my uncle, who resigned from the PD just around the time Koch left, right? He had three medals for taking people down from the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. He was a war hero. He was my hero. He's the greatest guy. He used to say to me, I could never exist in your police department. Never mind Dinkins Police Department. He said, well, this civilian review stuff. I'd have gone out on the fourth day. I said, well, what did you do? He said, I'm not going to tell you. You're the mayor. <laughs> now, Rudy, uh, if you had say over what's going on in Cali, Cali, California. Oh, these- come on. You know, it drives me nuts. You know that. I was, I was going... I was at a uh, Thanksgiving dinner yesterday, and I think I talked too much. All I did was talk about how to – I even drew a little diagram for some of the younger people about how you, how you stop it. I know, I know exactly what I do. I know exactly what I do. I would, I would I'd lure them to a nice place, put out a big advertisement, you know, <laughs> all these jewels, whatever. And I'd have hidden, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have hidden in, the, in the closets and under the maybe about five, 600 cops. And would they end up giving these uh, looters uh, a wooden shampoo? Uh, they'd take them out any way they had to. <laughs> I mean, and then, then they would know the mayor would back them up. And then we'd, and then we'd put them in Rikers Island. And uh, we would get bail. What do you mean, no bail? And you'd make an example out of the same thing with the riots, Curtis. You make an example out of the first one, and maybe you get a second one. Make an example of the second one, maybe you get it. Th- by then it's over. So, you know... You, you arrest the first person who throws a rock, then another guy throws a rock, then some guy throws a pole. They see these people going off to jail. These guys actually don't have it in mind that they're going to go to jail. And now they think they're going to get bailed out. Now, you change that mentality, this ends in about three four weeks. No doubt. And you proved that uh, in the eight years that you were a mayor who took us from the crime capital of America, the murder capital of America, to the safest big city in America. You're going to get more of my Cumbadicic, Rudy Giuliani, coming up at the 3 o'clock hour when I sign off with my son, Anthony, as we do our preparation for the first ever father-son podcast here on WABC. That's right. You can go to WABCRadio.com and you can see a panoply of the host and hostesses here and their podcast. So you not only get live talk radio like you just heard from Rudy and yours truly, but you get the podcast that come. That's sort of like an added addition for being a tried and true loyal listener of WABC. Greg Kelly is on the air. 77 WABC.
Yo, Julie Curtis Lee, we're taking you the rest of the way to 3 o'clock, and then I pass over the microphone and the 50,000 powerful watts of sound to my Cheech that you just heard from, Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to give you a little inside information on what's happening with the NYPD. Uh, up to uh, this point, the mayor-elect, Eric Adams, who beat me in the mayoral election, uh, is doing all the right things, saying all the right things, even though he hasn't been sworn in as mayor. Uh, yesterday, he was up there with a 100 police officers in support of the female police officer who was being released from the hospital after she had been shot multiple times and taking down that 23-year-old enemy of society who had a rap sheet, nine major felony counts. And when the two officers of the 4-8 precinct had approached him after a 911 call at 8 o'clock at night on 187, he refused to take his hands out of his pockets as he was sitting on a stoop. And then uh, when they went for him, he pulled out a Ruger, shot them multiple times. He ended up getting shot multiple times. Thankfully, they survived, the two police officers. Unfortunately, he did not die. Uh, so he'll eventually be charged with uh, serious crimes. I would hope that the DA in the Bronx will consider that, shooting two police officers a serious crime. You just never know up in the Bronx where a jury would tend to give uh, the benefit of the doubt to men in blue who were the Crips street gang as opposed to men or women in blue who were police officers. Yeah, that's the way it is up in the Bronx. That's the luck of the draw and jury selection up there in a criminal case involving police or involving the Crips gang that wear blue. But let me discuss what may be happening behind the scenes by Eric Adams as he decides to reconfigurate and structure the police department leadership as he sees fit. A number one, you saw the resignation of Rodney Harrison, who is the number two in charge of the police department, number two only to Dermot Shea. I've known Rodney, never liked him, pretentious, omnipotent, at least when he was around me. But he did work his way up the ranks. I think he was at the 114 precinct in Queens, ended up actually serving in the police department in all five boroughs. I just didn't like his style. Thought he was far too soft. And his uh, chief of detectives at one point, uh, even though the detectives division had been paired from about 5,500, excuse me, 7,500 down to 5,500 because of the defund the police movement led by de Blasio and the city council that defunded a billion dollars from the budget. He still wasn't able to get the job done. So in the Peter principle of the de Blasio administration, he got kicked upstairs. He became the number two guy in the police department. So he's resigned. But I think this is setting the stage for something that I find would be really disastrous if, in fact, Eric Adams actually does what he has suggested, at least to his minions publicly. He has said he wants to go outside of the department and seek new leadership. And he's entitled to do that as the new mayor. Uh, if I had been lucky enough to be elected mayor, I would have given Dermot Shea the boot. You never saw that guy in the streets. He was the analytics guy, the Comstat guy. He was just not beloved by the cops out in the streets, and you barely ever saw him in the community. So he would go out. But I would look to the ranks of the police department, would have looked for capable Latinos or Latinas. They always seem to get passed over when there's a discussion about potentially having a new police chief and uh, up there in the higher ranks. Almost never. Almost never the conversation takes place. But the point is, best man, best woman for the job. Eric Adams has said he's uh, doing a nationwide search for a new police commissioner. This is the prerequisite. It has to be a woman, and it has to be an African-American woman. And it seems to have come down to two women. 
The first one is shocking. It is the uh, police commissioner of the city of Philadelphia, which has had more homicides now than it's ever had in the history of Philadelphia. 500 homicides. And he's actually considering hiring her to become the police commissioner of New York City. Years ago, uh, I think it was John Lindsay who hired Leary, who had been the police commissioner in Philadelphia. That was a disaster. This would be ten times worse. Because outlaw, now imagine this, you're going to have a police commissioner with the name outlaw. (laughs) How is that going to go over? Oh, police commissioner outlaw. Name is bad. But she made her bones in the police department of Portland, Oregon, where there's a no justice, no peace, riot, shooting, and looting spree every night in Portland. She was drafted over to replace the police commissioner in Philadelphia, and things have gotten essentially far worse It is one of the most dangerous cities in America now, Philadelphia. So why would you think of hiring outlaw? And then he's thinking of hiring best, who is the former police commissioner in Seattle. You remember that chop area. This was the woman who actually sacrificed one of the precincts there and allowed Antifa to take it over. Now, she claimed it was under the orders of the mayor, but she never resisted the orders of the mayor. And all of a sudden, when they wanted to cut her salary and cut members of the police department and render them more impotent than they were rendered before, she just decided to quit in a huff instead of fight for the rights of her men and women who were on the front lines against Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And that city is still suffering the effects of the summer of 2020. So I'm hoping that Eric Adams just reverses course and looks within the ranks of the police department because there are a lot of qualified men, a lot of qualified women. And first and foremostly, get rid of the female transit police commissioner of New York City. I mean, I never see transit police down in the subways any longer. And if you do, they're all clustered up. And they're on their iPhone and they're on their smartphone. They're not wearing their hats. You can barely notice them. I mean, they got to be spread out in the system. They got to start doing patrols, moving patrols in the moving trains where a lot of the violence is. That's where that soccer player got killed was on a moving train of the number two train. And there's so many other instances when there are fights, there's robberies, there's uh, sexual harassment, sexual assaults taking place on the platforms, taking place in the trains. In fact, this one woman named Vera. Great story in the New York Post talked about how she's so in fear she has an anxiety attack that she's going to be pushed into the tracks because of all the emotionally disturbed person she comes across that she takes a bicycle chain and a lock and chains herself to the pole at her subway station in the Bronx in order to guarantee she's not going to be thrown in front of an incoming train. And likewise, when she comes back from her job as a home health care attendant, Uh, In lower Manhattan, she does the same when she waits for the return train. Can you imagine? This is what the city has become. And it mostly impacts women. And then there are all the guys out there, the pervs, who are constantly roaming the system, wanting to prove to women that they're not suffering from erectile dysfunction. God, it's lawless. It's anarchy. Penn Station is out of control. Uh, And I would hope that Eric Adams uh, lives up to his word And on the day that he's sworn into office, when the ball drops at Times Square, that he decides to put into effect a law and order police commissioner who is chosen from within the ranks and a transit police chief who's actually going to be out there patrolling with the men and women and being seen. Because right now they're not seen, and that's part of the problem. Well, look, I know just a little bit about this. The guy who knows more than anybody else who has proven 
his credibility and his credentials. When he was elected in 1993, and I, I mean, I helped get him elected like so many of you listening. The best thing we maybe ever done because he saved our city. He took us from the, the, the murder capital of America, the most crime infested city of America, and turned us into the safest city in all of America in just eight years as our mayor. Up next, Michael Bodicic, Rudy Giuliani. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.